Good morning, Auburn family. Thank you for joining us on Zoom. Uh, obviously, you're home, and um, uh, we're just trying to uh, navigate through uh, pandemic life, right? I mean, just when you think that we're getting two steps forward, we take three steps back, and um, I, I think there's, a, there's an overall sense of, of, of people getting uh, frustrated and, and worn down with this uh, being over a year long, uh, you know, uh, regulations loosening up and then tightening up again, you know, that, that back and forth. And um, maybe today uh, you, you, you're just, you're feeling drained, you're feeling worn out, right? You know, like, a, like enough is enough. And you're just doing all that you can in your own individual situation because everybody's situation through all this is, is, is different. Everybody's, you know, as we, we just, everybody's story, especially right now, is different, you know, um, with uh, some people going to work, some people working from home, some people laid off, you know, uh, you know the whole school mess and, and, and on and on. It's, it's kind of uh, complicated, um, but I'm hoping this morning, and I think this is a, a, a very timely book, um, you know, Brent's decision to uh, uh, have us dive into the book of Philippians, I think it's very timely because hopefully, uh, especially today, but as we go through the book of Philippians, hopefully you can be motivated, you can, we, you can be encouraged uh, by the, the words that Paul wrote so many years ago uh, to the, the church in Philippi. Um, motivational speakers, uh, it, it's, it's a big thing, um, especially in the sports world, you know, where, where I typically, you know, have been working for the last, uh, you know, 20-whatever years, um, but it, it's grown a lot in, in the world of business. I mean, you can, um, you know, you, you can hire motivational speakers. I mean, that's all their job basically is, is that there's people nowadays where their career is uh, their motivational speaker. So you, you know, as a, as a team or a business, you can hire one of these speakers to, you know, to come in and speak for an hour or two, uh, bring in all your staff and, and, and try and motivate them. Um, sometimes it's even larger than that. Someday it's a full day conference um, and it even goes to, you know, the extreme where there's, there's weekend conferences where, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people, you know, sign up, they come in person, they, they watch online to listen to, you know, one or more motivational speakers motivate people, get them uh, geared up, get them fired up, get them excited um, about, um, you know, if it's a workplace, about their work at that individual place. It's, um, it's big business. And it's, it's very popular. You, you could also, um, you know, if you're not into hiring a motivational speaker, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff to motivate you online. There's many online videos. Um, there's some professionally produced ones. There's just homemade ones. Um, sometimes they take a, a motivational speech and put it to a whole different video sequence uh, of pictures or or video clips. Um, you know, there's uh, people will take different movie clips of, you know, this, 
this little speech from this movie and that little speech from that movie and, and, and put them together and create a, a little collage uh, to motivate people. But maybe you, you know, you don't have time for the speaker, you don't have time for a, you know, a five or seven minute video. You just want a little quote, just a little clip, right? There, there's lots of quotes uh, to motivate us. Those motivational quotes, the sports world does it all the time, right? You put that little one-liner you know, on a t-shirt or you know, on a billboard. And when we look for those, when we look for encouragement, you know, usually we look for quotes from you know, famous people, people that we, we, we know their name or we recognize you know, who they are or, or what they've done, whether it's you know, a current celebrity right now or um, you know, someone from, from history. So one of the, the quotes that I've you know, come across years ago you know, in the sports world that's really kind of stuck with me, and, and it's a historical, it's attributed to someone from history, Thomas Edison. And Thomas Edison is, um, I don't know if he actually said these exact words, but this is, uh, you know, his name's put on, on this quote. And it reads, Opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. There we go. Now you understand why this is here in front of us this morning, right? You're probably wondering why he's got a dirty old pair of work gloves and, and some overalls hanging here. Hopefully you can see that uh, on your video. Well, that quote you know, works well in the, in the sports world because it motivates uh, and sends a message to athletes to, to work for something. Um, not just to rely you know, on your talent and, and hope that something you know, something good will happen out on the playing field or on the ice, but it motivates them uh, with those words to actually go after opportunity, to be willing to put on some work clothes and to work for it, not to just have it as a a gift given to you, um, but to to work for these opportunities uh, in their career. Um, And... And this translates into, into business, in, into the big business world. Even smaller than a quote is often a pithy little statement that's associated with a company because what companies want to do is they want to be able to um, grab a slogan or a pithy statement and grab your attention so that they motivate you to purchase from them. Uh, let me give you some examples. How about Disneyland? The happiest place on earth, eh? Um, Allstate Insurance, you're in good hands with Allstate. Uh, Capital One uh, credit cards, their slogan is, what's in your wallet? And a flashback, if you're under the age of 30, you may not re- remember this one. But Wendy's, where's the beef? Hey, that, you know, that was... Uh, um, something that was really popular uh, for many years for Wendy's and really boosted their, their business, that whole ad campaign. But people would still say that there's, uh, that there's a number one that was launched in 1988. And if I say the company, you'll know the slogan, Nike. Right? You, you, you either just said or thought in your head, just do it, Right? Just do it. Nike came out with that slogan in 1988, 
and we still all, all know it. I mean, they launched it with, with an ad campaign, and the gentleman uh, highlighted in the, in the ad was an 80-year-old man who was known for jogging uh, or running uh, 17 miles every morning. Can you imagine that? 80 years old, and he's still running 17 miles every day. And that was, that was uh, their way to launch that. Just do it. You know, don't let things be barriers or in your way. Just go ahead and do it. And that, and that worked tremendously for them. Um, they had people who watched that ad and heard that expression, just do it. People started sending in their own stories, stories of people that they knew. Um, you know, say, hey, Nike, you know, here's another story. But it boosted uh, their sales unbelievably. They, it, it probably what, you know, some would argue what really made uh, Nike what it is today was that, was that uh, just do it uh, slogan. So, we're in the book of Philippians. We're in chapter 1. Brent did a great job uh, last week, I think, of, of giving us an introduction, laying the history um, of, of Paul and, and the church in Philippi and uh, the whole background uh, for this letter. Um, I'm not sure if you can see it or not. I brought a, I've got several Bibles, like a lot of us do. Um, this is called the Quest Bible. It's a study Bible. It's an NIV and I've really enjoyed it over the years. It was given to me um, by my friend David Fisher on, uh, when did I, on May 9th, 2003. And the reason, I mean, I never forgot that David gave it to me, but the reason I know the date is because he actually wrote it in the front here. Um, you know, you, do, you don't get the same, you know, with a Bible app. You, I don't think the Bible app tracks when you first signed up for it or not, but, you know... Um, Anyhow, there's something neat about, you know, when, when a friend or, or a parent, when somebody gives you a Bible and you can look back, but that's a whole other uh, uh, story that we won't go into. But I appreciate this Bible uh, for many reasons. Down the, down the sides of the Scriptures, it lists questions. So it, it, it lists some of the most kind of popular questions about some of the verses in there, gives you some background, some history, you know, hence the study Bible, but they do it in a question uh, format. So it asks a question about the verse or verses that you would possibly have and then gives you the, gives you the answer. The other thing is it's got lots of inserts in it. So it's got a summary page of all the, you know, uh, all the parables uh, that Jesus. So you can turn to that, that page and you can look at all the different parables if you're looking like, hey, uh, I can't remember where that parable of Jesus is. It gives you a whole list that, and, and different helpful study information like that. So I've really enjoyed um, this Bible um, over the years to, uh, to study uh, individual books and scriptures and stuff like that. One of the things I really like about it is the introduction at the start of every book of the Bible. And again, it uses the question format. And I want to read to you how in, in this Bible... It starts off the introduction to the book of Philippians. And the first question that it asks, it says, why read this book? I think that's a great question. I, I think that's, you know, 
probably if you're looking to, you know, start reading, if you're not reading through the whole Bible, even if you are reading through the whole Bible, why is this book included? Why should I bother reading it? Because it was written hundreds or thousands of years ago, and I don't know if it has any relevance. Um, so it's a, it's a great way to introduce you to each Bible. So let me read this. <clears throat> why read the book of Philippians? Well, this writer says, If you've ever had trouble seeing how faith can be dressed in everyday work clothes, Philippians is for you. It puts lofty truths into practical terms, and along the way you'll run a gamut of human experience. Joy, bitterness, unity, bickering, arrogance, humiliation. Read Philippians to peek into the heart of the writer, who is Paul, and to be drawn closer to the one who was foremost in his heart, Jesus Christ. So that's a summary of why it's a good idea to read the book of Philippians. And I think it answers a lot of questions. So this morning, we're, we're going to be looking uh, further in the introduction part, verses uh, 3 through 11 in, in the book of Philippians, you know, if you, if you want to turn there. Um, so, um, just a reminder, Paul's the one who's written to the church of Philippi and who's written this letter. And it's not only, um, was it, not, it wasn't only practical to them back then, but it's included in the Bible because there's so many uh, practical uh, items, uh, advice, um, uh, so much that we can learn from it today, hence the reason it is included in the Holy Scriptures. One of the things I want to, uh, you to keep in mind as we dive into this, and I think it's key to, to, uh, to this, is we need to remember that before Paul was a Christian, he was a Pharisee. And, he'll, and you can read, he he's calls himself, he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. You know, he was one that you know, was a very qualified Pharisee. And I think as we go through this, if you keep this in mind, that Paul chose, he chose to take off the robes that he would have worn as a Pharisee, and he exchanged those robes for the work clothes of Christianity. Keep that in mind. So my question is, do you have work clothes, your Christianity work clothes? Are you ready to put on some overalls and dive in to the book of Philippians with us today and over the next several weeks, and then hopefully um, find some practical uh, ways to, to live out your Christian faith as we do this. So Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Let's just read it in a whole, and then I'll try and unpack it as we go along here. Verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. 
God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So, this continues um, the, the greeting of Paul to the church in Philippi. And we're going to look at it today as a motivational speech. He's trying to encourage them. And that's, and, and that's really what it is on the surface, right? If you just read it through it quickly like I did, it's like, that's a, that's a nice welcome. Uh, that's a nice introduction on the letter. It's, it's, it's upbeat. It's encouraging. He's praying for them and stuff like that. But we want to dig in deeper because as much as Paul is doing that, what he is really doing is he is patting them on the back with one hand, but he is handing them some work clothes with the other. As, and hopefully you'll see what I mean as, as we go through this. So I don't know if you can see today, if you really pay attention. What I'm wearing today is typically what I would wear for a, a game day with the Pete's. I've got a good pair of running shoes on. I've got these uh, black cargo pants with lots of pockets. I've got a peach uh, golf shirt on. And um, this is you know, kind of uh, my, my general uh, attire. And the reason um, I've got these, these pants, um, these specific pants, bought at Mark's work warehouse, right? Work pants with the pockets and stuff because I need to have stuff uh, on hand with me, but I also need them to be durable because I'm dealing with sharp stuff. There's times that um, I've got to get down on my knees and work, right? Um, if, if it's a skate issue in the dress room, I could be down on my knees and dealing with a sharp skate and I, I've got to be protected. Um, if it's a medical issue uh, during the game, I'll, be, I'll have to go out on the ice, get down on my knees you know, with the player who's down and I need protection from the ice and, and again from, from, from skates or or whatever. So whatever your work you know, place is, you know, there's often work pants um, to, to, to protect you uh, f- from whatever there is there. So grab your work pants this morning, your work pants of Christianity, and let's dive into the first four verses here. Verse three, I thank my God every time I remember you. So first of all, Paul is saying, we need to stop, relax a bit. We need to remember people. We need to think about people that we know. Right? We can get so caught up in, you know, me, 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 this, this, this. And he is saying, you know what, as a Christian, you need to stop and you need to think about others. Verse 4. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. And I know this is an old practice. It's the way I grew up. I was, I was taught to kneel beside my bed before, when I prayed before I went to bed at night. You know, that, that, that practice of kneeling when you pray is kind of, a, kind of a lost thing. It's not promoted that much anymore, and it comes out of history, and I don't want to get into, you know, whether we should or, or, or shouldn't, because it's more about your heart than your actual physical 
But it's that mental image, right, of, of getting down on your knees. And, and I'm sure, you know, Paul locked down in prison. He was probably on his knees uh, uh, praying uh, for them, doing, uh, doing the work of prayer. Prayer can be, um, can be some, you know, tough work. It, it, you know, I'm sure you've heard the expression prayer warriors, right? Uh, sometimes we don't emphasize uh, the importance enough about uh, prayer. And prayer isn't always natural. It doesn't always come naturally to us. We've got to kind of, you know, you know, uh, like he stop and remember and pray. It, 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 takes, it takes some work. It takes some intention, intentionality um, to, to pray because it's not necessarily a natural thing for us as humans, but we need to do that. Verse 5. Because um, of, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So remembering them and praying for them is, it, is joyful in his heart. It, it's, uh, it's a great source of, of joy. And, and what did I read there? From the first day until now. There's a, there's a special connection. Uh, there's a special joy when you have... Uh, uh, had an input, had an impact, walked along somebody on their spiritual journey. And, and I don't know, you know, you people listening to me, you know, how much you, you've had that. But even if it's just one person, when you stop and think about that person, pray about them because you'll get that sense of joy if you've walked along somebody. Same thing, I, I think, on the other side, too, is if you think about somebody who's influenced your Christi- Christianity walk, right? You stop and pray for them. There, that's a sense of joy uh, in you also as, as you uh, remember and pray for people uh, that, uh, that you've you know, served the Lord Jesus uh, together with. Verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? Began a good work in you. Our salvation isn't just a, I'm good, right? I've got it all figured out, great relationship with God, you know, top-notch prayer, top-notch evangelist, you know, I got it all, right? We are, there's work in our salvation. Let me read another part. The work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That, that's our hope, right? Our hope is that day of Christ's return, right? I don't want to steal anybody's thunder as we go along uh, in this series, but just flip with me for a second to the second chapter, verse 12, because Paul continues on with this. This isn't just in the introduction, Verse 12 in chapter 2 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There, there's, there's work to be done. It's, it's not just 
It's not just simple, right? It's just not me, I'm saved, I'm good, I'm in my own little bubble, right? There's work to be done as, uh, you know, the Bible talks about us growing in our faith. So if you want to grow in your faith, there is some work to be done. Hence, my term this morning about the Christian work clothes. Let me just uh, move on to our next two verses, uh, verses seven and eight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read them, and then I'll tell you what our next item of work clothes is. Verse seven, it is right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you in my heart, for whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. Our heart, right? This is an important area, and when we're working, you know, this is an area that can get dirty, it can be an area that we, we need protection, and hence the, the overalls, right? Um, you know, you put them on, not only to protect your lower part, but they're over all, they're over all your body. And with being mic'd up, I didn't want to put those on. And having the hockey theme, I, I thought I'd, you know, do due diligence. Now this is an apron, obviously, but this is my skate sharpening apron. So I've got a couple of these. This is the one I have at home because I'm not allowed into the rink. So this is my skate sharpening because obviously, one, I'm dealing with sharp skates, right? And they're all right, right here with the skate sharpener, you know, working with them, whether I'm doing a, f- a fixed job or a sharpening job, there's that sharp blade. And it can be a little dirty with the, you know, skate sharpening dust and uh, what have you. Um, so A, you know, especially when I'm in my game work clothes, I want to keep my game work clothes clean. So I put this on A, because it's more cut resistant than just my golf shirt, and it keeps me it keeps me cleaner. Paul says in verse 7, I have you in my heart. Right? He's, he's talking to the people uh, in, uh, in the church of Philippi, right? the Philippian people. He says, I have you in my heart because of the relationship years ago that Brent went into. Right? When he was in Philippi, um, you know, he was not well received by the non-Christian people or, or the officials. And we read last week about how they beat him and scourged him, right? But it was the Christians, you know, uh, and, and Brent through, went through some of those uh, unique, you know, kind of unlikely, oddball, you know, Christians, uh, if you want to use those terms, that started the church that would have been there to care for Paul, and, it's, he's, and, and so in reference to the f- first few verses, he says, it is right for me to feel this way about you since you are in my heart. And he goes on to say, whether I'm in chains, which he was when he was writing this letter, right? In chains and house arrest, or it, whether he's defending and confirming the gospel. So whether he's in prison or whether he's out of prison, you know, in the streets, in the synagogues, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where he is. It doesn't matter if he's, um, you know, here and the people of Philippi are there. You know, it, it doesn't matter. They have that connection. He's, they're still in his heart, even though they're not in the same location. They're still in his heart in a special place. 
Verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. What is longing for somebody? Like, we probably all said the expression. We, we kind of understand that expression. But what really is it to long uh, for somebody? To long for somebody is, um, what's the best way to describe it? Um, you miss them. Uh, your thoughts frequently turn to that person because you're longing for them. You wish that they were with you, you know, constantly or at least more than what they all are. There, there's, there's a separation there for some reason, and your thoughts and your feelings are connected uh, with them. And what he's talking about here is he's talking about that is driven by a love. There's a love in the heart. There's a joy in the heart for them. And it's, it's love, not the noun, but a love, the verb. Even though he doesn't directly say love in these verses, he'll get there. But that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the love that he has for the Philippians, he, the, um, the love, obviously, that they had for him. There's, there's that connection. And because of that friendship, because of that connection through Christ, because of their ministry together years before, uh, he, he, he still longs uh, for them. He wishes that they could be uh, together. Um, but obviously, Paul's under house arrest, and that just can't happen r- right now. The next, the next item that I want to highlight, we've got three items of work clothes. So I've done the, the pants. We've got the apron or the overalls for the chest. Now Paul, in starting in verse 9, now he's getting a little bit more practical. Now he's getting more diving in with your hands. <clears throat> so at my workplace, there's two different types of gloves I wear. If I'm doing the medical side, then obviously I'm protecting my hands with this type of glove, right? If I'm sharpening skates, I'm protecting my hand with a cut-resistant glove like this one. So at any given time, I could have uh, you know, two different types of gloves on to do my work. This is more what we think of when we think of, of work gloves. But as we dive in here, Verse 9, he starts right off and he says, and this is my prayer. And we often think, you know, a prayer, a symbol of prayer is this, right? Hands together. Um, I think that's one of the, uh, you know, little things you can put on your phone if you're praying for somebody. You can put a little picture of, of a couple hands uh, of praying. It, it, it's a symbol. It, it's, it's what we think of when we, uh, when we think of prayer. And Paul says this, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So, the love here in Greek would be agape love, which is the verb, the, the, the action of love. You know, you've got love the noun and love the verb. This is uh, the, the, the action, the, the doing those acts of love, not just... Um, not just loving somebody uh, in your heart, but doing things uh, to show 
your love, willing to get your, your hands dirty uh, in this process. Um, his desire is that each person's love may be, may be active and increasing. That um, the knowledge of love is, is, is activated by you learning more about God and Jesus. Uh, there's work to be done for your love to grow. It's just not going to, you know, it's not put a seed in the ground and walk away and it just happens miraculously on its own. If you want your love for others to grow, you need to grow in your love for God and that's by spending time with Him, reading the Scriptures, praying, <clears throat> and our, our God-given love, who is, our sor- who is the only source of love, uh, will grow. Verse 10. And it's a so, right? So it connects with what he just said. And more and more knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. So there's a, there's a reason to be growing in your love, to, to, to be actively seeking um, you know, a, a greater sense of love and, and knowing it. And he says it right here. This is where we're really starting to get practical. Why? Why, you know, why do we need all of this? Why are we doing all this? And he says it right here in verse 10. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Isn't that the goal of Christianity? That this becomes the why of everything else. This becomes the why of why you're willing to do some work, why you're willing to you know, get dirty, why you're willing to think of others and pray for others and, and do things for others. I mean, what was the reason Paul wrote this letter? Well, it was triggered by the gift that they sent him, right? They loved him so much, they collected up some funds, they sent it to, to Paul to, uh, you know, to, to, so that he continued to have food and care while he was under house arrest. And um, that's, the, that's the real practical side uh, of, of doing it for others. And our, our desire, our goal, our part of our motivation is that our lives should be more like Christ, more pure, more blameless, and, 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 and staying that way until the day of Christ. I've got a good friend of mine, uh, a Christian mentor, uh, Bruce has, has said a few times, as you know, we discuss um, you know, uh, updates on different people, and he says, Brian, I just want to finish well. In the end, the end of my life, I just want to finish well. I don't want to fall off like, you know, uh, like certain people. I don't want to fall. I want to finish well, right to the day of Christ. I want to just keep moving forward, keep working out uh, my salvation. And verse 11, and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. 
The ability to be pure and blameless comes through the fruit of righteousness through Jesus Christ. Well, what is righteousness? Righteousness is is doing the right things in God's eyes. Making godly influence moral decisions. Thinking of others first. Doing things for others. Not putting ourselves first, but putting others first. Right? That, um, you know, uh, that a, a total example that Christ gave us, you know, as we read in the Gospels with the disciples, how he always always put others ahead of himself. And Jesus was that perfect example of how we could um, you know, strive after uh, the righteousness uh, in our choices, in our actions uh, with people. This little introduction, but the whole letter, hopefully, as we continue to go through it, is something that will encourage you in your Christian walk. Something, hopefully, that you found a little motivation today and will continue to find motivation as we uh, dive into this book uh, week after week until we get through the, the book. It's hopefully, like I said earlier, hopefully you find this a pat on the back uh, just like the, uh, the church of Philippi did, those Philippian people in the church. Hopefully you feel that pat on your back from Paul. Hopefully you feel that pat on the back from us as, as we speak, encouraging you, telling you, you know, you've done a good job. You can do a good job. You can do a better job. But hopefully you're also seeing those practical uh, ways and you, f- and you feel during these days, uh, you know, a pandemic where it's so easy to get caught up uh, and, you know, really drag down, um, you know, uh, morally, mentally, uh, you know, spiritually, physically, there's so many different ways that we can get, we can get dragged down. And hopefully you'll continue, um, you know, to do some additional reading. And, and if you're feeling, um, you know, beaten down, turn back to Scripture, whether it's the book of Philippians or somewhere else. Find your encouragement here um, to help you, you know, get those Christian work, uh, work clothes back on uh, so that you can keep moving forward. I said it once already, but I'll say it again. The, the church of Philippi, they, they sent the gift of money to Paul while he was on house arrest, and it was their, their gift to him, the, the, the motivation kind of for writing the letter. Even if you haven't really identified or understand where I went with, with all of this, that last phrase uh, in verse 11 is, is the over, overall motivation for us, all right? Even if you don't remember anything else I said, f- focus on these last uh, six words. Our motivation for doing right, for being encouraged, for moving forward, for doing any type of work, any type of praying for somebody else, He says, at the end of all what he said here, to the glory and praise of God. That needs to be our our, our focus. That needs to be the the target that we're aiming for. It needs to be what we remember, why, you know, 
why you're doing everything that you're doing because hopefully you're in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You've asked him into your heart and therefore it is what you desire. Your desire is to do right and pure and blameless things to honor him, to bring him glory at the end of each of your days and ultimately at the end of your days that you can, um, you know, just have that testimony. I, I think back just quickly here as, as we wrap up to the book of Kings. And the book of Kings, is, it can be very, you know, repetitive with the list of, you know, who was king and, and who wasn't and the rest of their story, it says, is, you know, uh, you know recorded elsewhere and stuff. But it's those statements of certain kings. Uh, they did right in the eyes of the Lord. They did wrong in the eyes of the Lord. That, that testimony for them is written in scriptures forever. Forever. They did right and followed the Lord. They did wrong and didn't. It did. I mean, some of you says they did more evil than, the fa- than their father before them. Like, what an awful statement to be associated with you, Right? if someone wrote about you at the end of your life, and for them, it's in Scripture forever. And and hopefully that motivation is your testimony that you honor the Lord Jesus Christ with your life right to the very end. So let me give you my my summary, my pithy little statement to, to sum up this morning. The overall message here this morning is that joy can be found by putting on your overalls and then love all over so that God is the overall focus. Thank you. Praise team.